Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. No, the devil doesn't wear red tights and have a little goatee, but he approaches in the mind. And one of the secrets to life is to be able to observe ideas flit across the mind without falling into them and then moving according to your intuition to what you know in your heart is right which is wordless. You had this wordless intuition when you were a little child. You have to refine it. A.W. Tozer said, the devil is a better theologian than any of us, but he's still a devil. He's very clever at arguing, and that voice in your mind sounds like your own voice. But where do those ideas come from? Billy Sunday, the great preacher, said, temptation is the devil peeking through the keyhole. Yielding to temptation is opening the door and letting him in. So you have to find out how to close the door and not let him in, and then just watch those ideas until they go away. We're going to be talking about that today, so fasten your seatbelts. Here we go. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Understanding God's Power. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi everyone, today I am going to talk about temptation, what it is and how not to be subject to it. A long time ago in the Garden of Eden, the serpent approached Eve and whispered sweet nothings in her ear and she took those sweet nothings that she had heard and said them to Adam. And Adam liked those ideas about um, making it big on his own, proving something, maybe impressing her, who knows. But for whatever reason, he liked those ideas of becoming a big something, an important person. And whatever important means, whether it means wealthy, rich, famous, successful, admired, esteemed, worshipped, whatever it means, that's what he went for. But of course, there has to be some means of that happening. If you want to make a mark on a piece of paper, you have to get the pen and move your fingers with the pen to make the mark. So you understand you have to do something and you have to use something. If you don't do something and you don't use something, then nothing's going to happen. And so, the devil used words, and he used them in a special way, a way that would tempt Adam. But here's what I'm getting at. Adam was told that with knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil, let's just call it knowledge, raw knowledge, he could use that to become like a god. Now, oh, there's what successful means. There's what making it big means. There's what being important is, being wealthy, being admired, being worshipped, proving something. They would rather know themselves as God than know God. Adam was told that he could use knowledge to become like a God and become successful and important and worshipped and admired and revered and uh, oh so clever. So he was told he could use knowledge 
See, he was then tempted to acquire knowledge. There you go. He was tempted to acquire knowledge so that, see, if you if you want to make something happen using something, then maybe if you gather that thing that you need to use to make something happen, if you gather a bunch of those things, then you'll be able to make things happen even more. So he was tempted to gather knowledge because, after all, you have to gather knowledge and have it in order to use it to become successful. You see? So that's exactly what uh, the human race has been doing ever since Adam's fall. Remember the old slogan, no God, no peace, spelled K-N-O-W. No God, no peace. And then the next line is, no God, N-O, no God, no peace. You're listening to Shedding Shackles, helping you overcome the baggage of the past and move forward to a new zest for life. It has been attempting to use knowledge to become like a god. So everywhere you go, people are forced to sit in school for years. Not just days or weeks or months, but for years. And then they go and sit in school for more years. So they're tempt they're being they're being told that with knowledge by accumulating, by gathering and hoarding knowledge and using knowledge they can become successful. Now, some people make it big really fast. Well, those are the ones then that can tempt other people, see, to keep going for it. So whether you think you, you're going to, you, so, so you think maybe, well, if I have this special um, technique of uh, playing blackjack, then I can become rich and then successful and admired and have all the things I want and be important. Or maybe you think you can do it with, by getting a degree or two degrees or three uh, degrees in, in college. Or maybe you think you can do it by fooling other people into thinking you know what you're doing and then they'll follow you. So that's another way of being successful. You can pretend to have the kind of knowledge that they need and then they follow you and obey you and give you their money and all that stuff. So there you have it. Now you understand what this whole big business of education is all about. Now, don't we know when, when you're a teenager, for example, sitting at school, you just can't wait until summer. You can't wait until your winter break. You can't wait for the weekend. You can't wait for the day to be over because it's so boring sitting there with some impatient, boring teacher droning on and on and on. And so... They have, uh, not all of them, some are, some are decent, some are, have a, go a good heart and common sense, but the vast majority of them are dupes. They have been seduced into thinking. See, they never made it big themselves. They never made it big, but they can sort of get, make it big by lording it over others. See? 
So they lorded over the kids at school with knowledge and impressed the kids and buffaloed them and uh, forced them to ingest and imbibe and study and memorize. See? And the vast majority, a, a lot of them, somehow they survive school. They survive. They survive the bullies. They survive the impatient teachers, the educational system, and whatever agenda it's pushing. They survive it. And then they go out and they can, they can get a job or start a business, go to work, live a life. Finally, they can have a life. See, they survived it. So that's good, but they're damaged. See, they're damaged. They're broken. A lot of them are broken. And they never get over the idea. See, early in their life, they were told that through knowledge or through education, they can make it. So it haunts them. They can't, they can't um, perfectly disbelieve it. So that notion that got into their mind, that hypnotic notion, See, the, the same one that was in the Garden of Eden saying that with the knowledge of good and evil, with knowledge, with education, by hoarding facts, figures, and formulas, by studying, you can become big. See, that same lie is, has always been around and it's around today. And so the ones that, the wannabes, so what do they say? There's, there's uh, peop, there, are, there are wannabes and then there are never wases. Well, most people are wannabes, and eventually they become never wases. But the wannabes keep wanting to be, so they keep striving. And the masters over them, see, have knowledge too. Now look at it this way. The masters over them have knowledge too. But what knowledge to, do the masters over them have, the ones that make it really big? They have knowledge of how to deceive people, of how to lie of how to confuse people, of how to bamboozle people, of how to string people along. See? How to manipulate people. So yes, they are using knowledge. And indeed, it is sort of true that they have become what appears to be successful in that they're lording it over other wannabes who are striving for that power to deceive and to fool and to trick, see? And they're also lording it over the never wases who continue to think that the, the ones at the top, you know, are uh, somehow have some kind of special knowledge that will be good for them. So, so the never wases and the wannabes follow the ones at the top. But now look at what the ones at the top do. They, they're using knowledge, see? But, but by using knowledge, they remain separate from God. They remain separate from intuition and common sense and inspiration. And uh, they live and then they die. So they, they fail. And the ones that follow the ones at the top, what do they do? Well, they're told what to do and then they do it. But has anything you've been told to do, has it ever worked out for you? See, has it, has it worked out for you? So you follow, you follow them with whatever the latest thing they're pushing on you, and then what happens? Your life is worse afterwards, isn't it? But somehow you can't disbelieve the, the idea. But here's the other problem. Maybe you can see, see, maybe you're one of the ones that could see clearly. 
you could see, you know, you're, you're an Albert Einstein sitting at the back of the class. Did you know there was a teacher who hated Albert Einstein? That's right. He hated him. Why did he hate Albert Einstein? He said, because Albert Einstein sat at the back of the classroom with kind of a little grin on his face. And the teacher hated him because why? Albert Einstein wasn't kowtowing to him and worshiping him and admiring him and doing what he wanted him to do and obeying him. And so he hated Albert Einstein. But Albert Einstein could see clearly. And there are people like that. They see clearly. But the problem is, look, maybe when you, you probably could see clearly too when you were a teenager. You, you could see that the, the teachers were pompous bores. You could see that a lot of them didn't really know very much, but they were just lording it over you. And you could see that, you could see all of that. But the problem is, what, what was your mistake? You resented them. See, that's the thing. You resented them or hated them. And because of that, you became separated from your ground, the ground from which you could have flowered, from which you could have become a truly noble and successful person. This is Jeremiah Trujillo with a reminder to stay relaxed, avoid tension, and don't be stressed out. When you seek to follow principles and do what is right, then good fortune will befall you at the right time. Find more inspiration for your day at SheddingShackles.com See, when you resent, look at it this way. Can you see that hating a person or resenting things is a way of, of becoming separated from your ground of good, from the ground of love and truth? Can you see that? And then if you're separated from it, then suddenly, what do you, what do you, who are you going to lean on? You, 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 what are you going to believe? You don't even know what to believe. You become confused. And then there they are, lording it over you, acting smug and uh, so suave and so clever. And now you doubt yourself even more. And then you think, well, maybe they do know what they're talking about. So you start to follow them, see? So you follow them. And yeah, maybe they'll throw some crumbs to you. Maybe they'll throw you a lot of crumbs. See, they ha see, once, see most people fail, but... There, there has to be somebody who looks like they're succeeding in order to tempt other people to, to want to, uh, to follow the leaders. You see what I mean? So there's always some athlete that uh, does nothing but run around in a little uniform and they give him a million dollars. And then there's somebody else that can't really sing very well, but jumps around on a stage and they get a million dollars. And somebody else is a complete fraud, but is elected to a high office. You see what I mean? So they're being used. Some of them know they're being used and let themselves be used, and others don't know they're being used. They have gone the way of the world. Instead of choosing God, they chose uh, Mammon. So those are the ones that are there to tempt the rest of us, you see? 
And like I said, maybe you're the, you're one of the ones that could see that the authorities were phony and so on. You saw it, but you resented him. That was your mistake. So now what are you going to do years later? See, you survived. See, you're, you're still there. You're still around. So you survived, but you're broken. So what are you going to do? You have to reestablish contact with your creator again. You have to refine him and his way and his love and his truth. And don't doubt what you know in your heart anymore. And hear what people say. See, but just let it go in one ear and out the other. And always check with your intuition. Always check with your intuition. Now, I want to say another little word about uh, something else about words. See, I'm using words to try to wake you up instead of using words to try to put you to sleep. And I'm using knowledge, a little bit of knowledge, you know, that I have acquired. I'm trying to put it together collated in such a way that it awakens you to see the truth instead of putting you to sleep, you see? So I'm trying to do something which is, uh, which is not easy to do because most people don't want to wake up. See, the problem is, is once we've been fooled enough and tricked enough and we've made enough mistakes and we've made fools of ourselves enough times, we don't want to see it. We do not want to see it. We prefer to remain asleep and just go along and get along and take whatever crumbs, whatever crumbs that they throw to you. And uh, you, then you never find your purpose for existence. But most of us don't want to, but some of us do because we yearn for truth. See, deep down in our hearts, we yearn for truth. So we keep yearning for it. And eventually we yearn sincerely enough that we start to wake up and then stay awake. That's it. Wake up. And stay awake. And then when you're awake, you'll see the lie. You'll see the deceivers. You'll, you'll see them lying. And they have all these tricks to manipulate people. Some of the things they say are true. And then they use the, the true things that they say as bait to, to bait their hook. And then they catch you. And then, they, then there's the betrayal. See, that's the other thing. Sometimes you, you follow someone for a long time and you watch them and they seem nice and they seem good and they seem helpful and they seem successful. It seems like they're helping you and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, the betrayal. One day, the mask comes off and there's the betrayal. Well, what happens? The problem is most of us are so shocked by it and so resentful. Yes, we're resentful because we see that we were fooled. But... Uh, if you can survive that, if you can see the betrayal, okay, not resent it. Then just pick yourself up and dust yourself off and then move forward and don't follow them anymore. Then you'll be okay. I think you can see that, that knowledge, not that knowledge is wrong, but knowledge without understanding, that's the problem. Knowledge applied without understanding causes nothing but harm. So I want you to, to just see that fact and see that, that all your life you've been told that knowledge is the answer. No, intuition is the answer. See, your conscience, your common sense, what you know in your heart, that's the answer because it's from God and it's wordless. 
there's another hint for you. It's wordless. You just see and you just know. You notice something and some, something causes you to notice something and it's important somehow. And then later you see what it means. Oh, I see. And you're safe. Everybody else is rushing for the latest experimental thing. Everybody is rushing for it. But you say, mm, I'm not so sure. And you wait. You wait until you can see intuitively whether it makes sense or not. You see what I mean? So you always check with your conscience. And even in your own mind, there are so many very clever thoughts that come. Where do they come from? See, when Eve was in the garden, and she was uh, just going around, maybe looking at things, and it was very pleasant, and these thoughts were in her mind. See? So it wasn't where she saw the devil standing there or a snake uh, standing there. It wasn't like that. Sure, we talk about the serpent, but but really what it was was uh, was notions that came into her mind. See, a very clever, a very clever line of reasoning, a clever line of logic, a clever line of arguing. But then she took it to Adam. See, she did, she did what she was supposed to do. She took it to Adam. I'll never forget one time. I used to know a nice man. He used to come in to Starbucks in the morning, and he and I would sit, would talk a little bit. And he brought his daughter with her. I don't know his with him. His daughter was, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12 years old or something like that. But she used to have a little video player where she would watch, I don't know, some kind of a video on it or something in the morning while he was ordering his Starbucks thing. And one time something came on that bit on that little video player that, that wasn't appropriate. And she said, Daddy, Daddy. And she ran to him with it and held it up. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. See? So... She just knew in her heart that something wasn't quite right about what was on that video player. You see what I mean? So, Eve, these ideas came into her mind. Hmm. She didn't know whether they were appropriate or not. Okay. Where did those ideas come from? See, she wasn't, she didn't really, see, see, Adam and Eve were totally outclassed by the devil. They had no idea what they were getting into. No idea. And that's why I think have, uh, but God forgave them. Yeah, it ushered in the whole human race, and I've talked about that. And there was a purpose. That's how freedom was created. That's how love was created. That's why the whole wonderful mystery and the magic of, uh, of redemption and salvation, that's how it all came to pass. So I understand all that, but I'm not, I don't want to talk about that now. I just want to say that ideas came into her mind, and she did, she did the right thing. She took them to daddy. See? She took him to, well, not daddy, but to her husband, Adam, and said, she, all she did was say what she had heard. And Adam, it was his job to say, no, Eve, father says we're not to eat of that, of that tree, so we just won't have it. We won't eat it because father said we're not supposed to. And then it would all been over. But, of course, he liked those ideas. And... Uh, you know the rest of the story. A meditation moment with Jeremiah Trujillo. Do you realize that you are now composed of millions of little traumas? 
Every time you react emotionally to something or someone, a little bit of the outside or a little bit of that person gets inside. And at the same time, you give up a little bit of life. You give a little piece of yourself away and you take in a little piece of whatever is seducing you. That's right. You give up a little bit of life. You also give a bit of your identity until eventually you become completely remade from the outside in. Be like a person standing on the edge of a river, watching the river flow, but without jumping in and getting carried away. Find more inspiration for your day at SheddingShackles.com All right, I've made my point. I think uh, you got the idea. So what are you going to do? Well, you should get my little exercise. I call it sitting quietly. Learn how to sit quietly and take a mental step back. And then watch. Learn to watch. Watch people. Watch what they say. Watch what they do from a, a neutral perspective, from a little bit of a distant perspective. And watch those ideas that flit across the mind. Watch them. Don't, don't go with the idea and fall into the thought stream and drift away. Pull back. Pull back. See, see, the, see the ideas flowing by, but pull back and just watch them objectively. And they can't harm you. It's only when you reach into them and get pulled into them and sucked into them and then do what they tell you to do. See? Only then is when uh, you, things don't work out. So you have to trust your intuition, what you know in your heart. You've always had it ever since you were a little kid. Learn to trust in that. Get the little sitting quietly exercise that I have and learn how to sit quietly and become centered instead of lost in your thoughts all the time. See, being lost in the thoughts, see, if, the, if that is where the deception comes from, if that's where... Words are used to fool us and deceive us and manipulate us and trick us. See, then you ought to have an objective attitude toward them. Instead of being immediately pulled in, look, you're skeptical. Some people come with this and that, and you're skeptical, aren't you? Well, you have to learn how to be skeptical about, about all of those ideas, except for the ones that somehow you just know in your heart it's okay. Your best bet is just to follow what you know in your heart. See, and there's aren't even there aren't even any words involved. You just you're always very close to your intuition, very close to what you know in your heart, to that wordless way of, of knowing and seeing which you had even when you were a little child. And then you just delicately move this way and you move that way. And you do this and you do that. And when something comes along, you check with your intuition. And if there's no impediment, if it's if it doesn't stop you, then you proceed a step, and then another step, and you're safe. See what I mean? Sometimes it restrains you. Sometimes you just can go ahead and it's safe. But always following your intuition. That's my message for you today. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener supported. Thank you. 
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.